Hello and welcome to another episode of the Football Revisited podcast. We got a full compliment this week. As joining me is Mr. Rob Owen, Mr. Cleo Sims, and Mr. Nathan Burke. How are we, gents? Very good. Radiant. Radiant. Radiant is the word of God. Sims, you right? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, all good. I was. Uh, I knew the radiant was coming in. So <laughs> there we go. As long as you're radiant. I am radiant. Right before we kick off, I would just like to give a shout out to Wong Mill. Who this week requested a follow of Mr. Cleo Sims, and who can only be described as a fan of the show. There's no other explanation. So if you're listening, Wong Mill, hello to you. Sims, any words? Have you accepted the request? Uh, no, you know, I'm playing hard to get with Wong. Treat them mean, keep them keen. I'm so sorry. I'm but so sorry. I, 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 I'm glad we're giving him a shout, though, because he just looks like a stand-up guy. And um, yeah, just keep up the good work. I'm loving the profile pick. Yeah, what's mad about Wong Mill is 75% of his photos have the thumbs up. Yeah. Three ah, out of four that. have the thumbs up. Consistency. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Big fan of your work, Wong Mill. Keep it up. And uh, one day you might get that accept- I accept you. You can tell he's a teacher. You can tell. He's a great. Right, so if he's listening, hope you enjoy the latest part. This is you. Um, yeah. Right, so it's all over now. For the first time Premier League history, all three relegation places are confirmed with three games to go. Some of us on the pod got it right, some of us didn't. But it doesn't matter, because it's just sad the three teams have gone down, <coughs> unless it's Sheffield. So who cares? <laughs> um, just a general chat. Was there obviously the t- old adage, table never lies. With these three always destined to go down, obviously Fulham so kind of limped to the end and they, they put up a decent fight, but yeah, I, 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 I was I was convinced that uh, Fulham had it in them to stay up, but what you Steve Bruce, you were... yeah, but what Steve yeah. Bruce has done, what Steve Bruce has done in the past kind of like two months has gone under the radar. Yeah, like I know, I know it's been it's been some like weird results there, <clears throat> and Fulham have had some games where they should be getting three points, but Steve Bruce guess he does his job. Like, yeah, you know, he'll probably get Part sacked three, three months into the season after a shaky start, and the cycle just continues for Newcastle. Yeah, it just shows what keeping a manager can do because I think they've mm-hmm. won like games in 15 or something like that. And if they'd sacked him, would they have had these many points? I don't know. Yeah. Any thoughts? yeah, no, I, I think. Uh... With the full, they just seem like they've just run out of steam a bit, don't they? That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they had. I remember that they had that. Well, it must have been about January, February time, where they picked up some pace. And you thought, oh, they might be able to to run with this now and get a few points. But they last couple, well, last eight to ten games, they just seem to have um, to really drop off. And I think what's killed them in the end was they just conceded really silly goals and and yeah. two late goals and, as well. Exactly, and if you can, you know, when you, no, no team comes up. Go. Well, so, there's a sound effect. I mean, <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. He assumed he was uh, on mute, but he wasn't. It, I was on mute, but it cut through. It must have gotten just <laughs> that. Was that's how powerful, that's how powerful it was. Oh, <laughs> listeners out there, you are welcome. I've been on last few. Please don't judge us all on this. That's all I'm saying. Sorry, um, sorry. No, it's very nice. <laughs> you don't like when you just lose your train of thought. Now. <laughs> yeah, no, very rude. Um, I'll just finish up with 
Yeah, Fulham. I think he just ran out of steam. That's all. Because their last good result was what Anfield away. Oh, I yeah. think they shot three people. I know. Pick up. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that but was seventh of March, I've got yeah. Yeah. So I think that's when. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they just got too excited and thought, you know, we can actually do this. But like I say, they lost the world's name, 90th minute. They um, didn't they want to run. They did just no last minute. Yeah. yeah. They went and they've they've drawn too many games, and they they drew like ten games. Yeah, it took him too long to sort the defense out. Yeah. Like as soon as they got that sorted, you trusted them to kind of pick a few goals. They picked up that Josh Madge in January, who had maybe two good games, yeah. and then he fell off the radar. I think um, Rob's number one boy Mitrovic hasn't cut there. Just without that guy who's scoring maybe ten plus goals. Imagine uh, wasting a fifth round draft pick on him. <laughs> one season, one. I think if they had a a proper forward who's going to pick up 10, 15 goals, I think. Chris Wood? I'm yeah. defending Mitrovic here. I think he'd, they'd be. They needed they him to play. Okay. They, they needed him week in, week out. I don't care what kind of form he's on. That presence, <laughs> maybe maybe the feature another draft, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> But back to what you said, but if it's like if it was always those three, I think from around game week ten, I think it was clear those three were the three, yeah. and I think Fulham had the best chance of staying up, but they did run out of steam. Big Sam, if Big Sam had gone to Fulham, I think Fulham would stay. I think First uh, relegation. I think generally everyone's kind of when he took over West Brom, I think it was a this might be a too big a job. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the general consensus. If you really break it down, they've they've actually from where they were, I think they've done pretty well to get even close to where they are now. Because you know, they were quite far away from Fulham at the time. Yeah. And they've clawed their way back. And if results have gone a different way. I think yeah. If he had more time, maybe a month or two, I don't know. But there was too big a gap between the bottom three and everyone else. I think it was yeah. a noticeable jump. Because yeah. you talk talking the next map is was it Brighton, Burnley, Newcastle, like they're the teams. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think we'd all say that they are significantly better than the teams going down. So mm. I think this season the table doesn't lie down that yeah. end at least. I think what's interesting though is uh, I think the, the the bottom the that little clump of teams there. And you look at Newcastle as a perfect example is how six games can drastically change how you view a team and how everything looks. Because I mean, if we you know six games ago Newcastle were You'd say were you know it was like a sixty forty that they stayed up, yeah. and you know it was real doom and gloom. And now I mean I know most fans will still and I personally would still be oh I know Steve Bruce, you know and they got still got the owner nothing that's changed but six games changes a lot. You pick up some wins and some wins you're not expecting. You pick you you have a performance to where you put up and fight there. I think of the one on field where you know they got a point from that, but they deserve so much more. The way you get it as well. And the whole outlook and the whole um, feel of a team is different. And that's only in six games. Yeah. And to be fair to Newcastle, not that I'm their biggest fan, um, especially with the squad they got now. They lost Callum Wilson and San Maximan for a long period of time. I think you take, yeah. back to what I was saying about Fulham missing that striker, you take those ta- attacking talents out, your team's going to struggle to get wins because you're not going to get any goals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, like Rob said in the start, Steve Bruce has done has done well because he must have been under so much pressure because every Newcastle fan wanted him out. 
Yeah, it is Mad Southampton on the 17th, though. I, you know what, I was just yeah. going to bring that up because they were, I, I can't remember exactly, but they, I'm sure they were like top six. Like they were top at one point. They're like yeah, maybe they kept jumping around, didn't they? Well, they had that, that run of games where they were just Ings constantly getting a, a goal as a cure win. Yeah. Yeah. I know they're same. So, like Sim says, it, <laughs> someone sees it can change. I think like didn't that run end with beating Liverpool as well? 1 0. Yeah. When he was crying, and then suddenly they turned shit, and after that. It could be something in there. Yeah. Maybe they relaxed and thought. Available, oh, you'll win, and then something's yeah. not happen afterwards. That's the, it, just, yeah. it does go to show, though, you know. I, I mean, you look at the other side of the league, you know, the other thing, you know, Man City, you know, I, I, I personally look at Man City, and I, I don't think they're anywhere near as good as they were two or three years ago, no. myself, like balance wise, because I thought then they had a great role as an number one striker. I thought they had it was clear where they were. They had a good they had company in the back, silver in the middle. I loved that team. I thought that was unbelievable. This team, in theory, is actually outperforming it in terms of the trophy hall. It's probably about to get, and also the record it set in terms of you know wins and consecutively. But when you look at like their last couple of games, you know they lost them again. They were pretty average against Crystal Palace away, but they managed to win. Yeah. You know in Europe. I look at the PSG games and they played really well in the second half, but for that first half in Paris, yeah. they were lucky not to be two or three down. So it just shows that, you know, from that period where they were winning every week and it looked like it was an absolute dogle, mm-hmm. you know, again, you go, if you work on the last six games, they look, you know, not front, they're not fragile, but they look beatable. Whereas at the time, it was just like, well, where's, where's, where did they lose? If you, I'm looking at the table, they're only on 80 points with three game yeah. scores, so they can only get 89. But do you know what which, I would say with that? If you actually look at the start of their season, they had an awful start. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you remember when Conte won the league with Chelsea and they did something similar? They had an awful, awful start. And then you go on that run of like a ridiculous run. I think Conte won 14 in a row. City won, was it 19? Yeah. Chelsea you, lost Arsenal, didn't they? away from everyone, absolutely everyone. I remember they lost 3 0 last night, they? Mm. He was playing a back four, they got smashed, and then he went to a back five and they won. It's like you two said, with a back five, makes you a lot more short term gains, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. I, yeah, so, don't get me started on a back five. If Chelsea win the Champions League and back five represents the pinnacle of European football, football's dead to it. <laughs> the thing is, but, they'll start with a back five next season, and then teams will start sussing out. And then have to change and then back to square one. It's not a long term mm-hmm. thing. I stand by that. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. good. It's good for cup competition as well because obviously there's less games and you can probably get the players on board a bit easier. But over a season, yeah. Pretty tough. You look at, I know you don't like Wolves, but look at Wolves. They played back three, back five. You know, the players are probably like, don't really want to play this way anymore. Exactly. It's, right. are short. it's not a nice system really for players. Is it? Teams find out how to beat the. These teams need Mike Bass on repeat four four fucking two. <laughs> Tell you who needs that. Um, England, England need to go four. I hate England playing three at the back, five at the back, well, or whatever if, you want to call it. If Harry Maguire's uh, look at the talents they got. I mean, you're missing, you're missing out so much. Well, we are recording. Leicester, our, by the way, Manuel Liverpool. Uh, Manuel Leicester. Kaglasoyungu. Love that I dropped him. Yeah, I was gonna. Sorry, who scored? Sanglas Ayunku. 
great great time in Rob because now we're going to move on to Leicester. We so, are obviously they're winning at the moment, but and my opinion has changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say deja vu. Obviously, they got a tough run in, supposedly. Until Manu dropped their team, team sheet. Um, obviously, they're currently winning. So, three points today. Does it probably see them over the line? Because that will mean they are how many points clear? Then... It would make them <clears throat> so they'd be eight points, eight points clear of West Ham. Yeah. And so, then yeah. nine points clear of Liverpool. But Liverpool have two games in hand. Yeah, Liverpool have. Two games at hand. Start with Leicester first. Do you think they're going to sneak in or will they collapse again? I, I, I'm all in on a collapse. I'm all in on it. All in, all on, as Burke put in the chat. <laughs> Do you know yesterday you were saying about you want to talk about Leicester's collapse? Yeah. When you say Leicester's collapse, you mean one game they got beat by Newcastle? No. Because my, my thought is like they were in this position last season and I'm just seeing. The same things over and over again. It's like it feels like it's just the the Brendan Rodgers special that you can't see see it out. To be fair, I I I'd love to sit here and state Brendan. I mean, it's one of my favorite things too. Yeah. But I think um, I think it's harsh to say claps because obviously I think the Newcastle one is a freak. They lost Johnny Evans thirty minutes before kickoff, and then they play three at the back. I think you got reshuffled <clears> that last yeah. second. I think that result can happen when you lose someone like Johnny Evans. Yeah, my biggest thing with them is that they haven't capitalised on the other big six teams losing. They've always kind of kept themselves in this place to be potentially dropping out to the top four. Uh, obviously, like you know, Chelsea, <clears throat> Chelsea in good form, whatever. Um, I like. I really think. Liverpool have a chance, West Ham have a chance of getting nicking that spot from them. i got to be honest, I think the only way that happens is if Liverpool or West Ham win all their games, and I can't see that happening. So I think Leicester, out of those teams who have a chance to break in the top four, are still the most consistent. Oh, yeah. Still the most likely to win more games. They're in the better position to do it. So I think Leicester will be fine. As much as I'd love to be wrong, and if I am, I'll happily come on for a Brendan Rodgers special where we list <laughs> every failure he's had in his life. But I don't think this is one of them, to be fair. It's, it's actually interesting, from, from my point of view, because obviously Spurs are looking for a manager, Brendan Rodgers, <coughs> excuse me, is, is linked. I didn't put the connection that 2014, the collapse, Liverpool, last year's collapse, and there's another potential collapse. It's now, because I was, I was a bit pro Rodgers. And now I'm looking at it going, mm. even if they get top four, there's still that feeling of, you know, it's happened a few times now. Because Leicester, let's be honest, Leicester should be comfortably third. Comfortably third. They shouldn't have to be worried about this. Yeah, my, they're only my four opinion. points behind Manu. Yeah. I, I think they've, if you, if you look at it from the start of the season, they've overachieved. But as the season has played out, I think they're definitely. I don't think they themselves. have overachieved. I, I, I think, this I, is, I think uh, they 100%. If they go to the full squad, this, that team look at those at the players. Start of the se- yeah, but at the, you're looking, you're going back to the, the you're going back to the start of the season. You're thinking Liverpool are just champions. You've got this Man City team that are going to be better. You've got a Man United team that look to be better, and then it's it's competing with whatever other team that 
that's going to try and take that four spot. I think they definitely they definitely didn't see themselves in this position right now. But as the season yeah. has played out with how wild it's been and, you know, Man City ran away with it and then my night did just looking like I think a, a good team for a bad team. They, they expect to be challenging the top four. So I'm not saying they should be in the top four, like generally speaking. Like you've listed those four teams on paper, are probably a bit better. But they should be in this fifth, sixth, challenging for fourth, yeah. three games for the end of the season. For me, this yeah. is where Leicester are at the moment. But for, for, if if I looked at the season, I would have thought Leicester would have been where Liverpool are now. Would have just been just outside of it, trying to trying to push in, hope, hopefully getting the running results to go their way, rather than them being in the position there. Because, I, you know, I think they should have sealed top four by now. I I think um, I, I would go along with the idea. I don't think it's a collapse from them. Um, I thought it was a collapse last year. That was a collapse. I would I would I would say it's a wobble um, because I think you look at the reason I wouldn't say it's a collapse is they I think they was it Southampton they drew away something where they had ten men something like ten men for like a big chunk of that game. And that's a game that they should have been winning and you'd expect the top teams to win. They they lost away at West Ham and they were awful. And that was a, that was a couple of weeks ago. And now at the time, that was a big game because West Ham were right in the mix then. And then obviously they lost to Newcastle. Um, but they have also picked a win or two up. I think they beat Yeah, Pat. West Brom that and Palace. Yeah, it was a huge win. But those are games you expect to win. Yeah, yeah but... That's my point. Is that's in, all they have to do. They just have to get over the line and they're know, getting the three uh, points you and there. That's why, for me, it's not a total collapse because it's a wobble because they have, they've dropped points where they shouldn't have dropped. And, and I think it's quite normal, actually, that they have a wobble because, you know, that as much as, as good as they are, there's not many players there who are experienced at the 38 game, every, you know, and when every you get game to this, Yeah, and when you get to this stage that you're still really in the mix because they've either come from a team where they've won the league every year or yeah. they've come from teams where maybe they're not quite you just turn up and play as no yeah once you get to like me time it's a case of we're safe but we're not playing for anything and that's why then for me i think it's it's a wobble at best but i i actually agree with rob i think i think they have overachieved and i think you can kind of forget sometimes you know I'd argue if you ask Leicester City to be in this position start of the year, I think they'd actually be delighted. Yeah, I think they're in a very good position. I mean, you think back to Liverpool last year where we were just saying, just get a win, get the three points, grind it out, get over the line. I think that's the job Leicester are doing. I mean, there's currently 2-1 up against Man U. Fair enough, it's not the greatest Man U squad by a long stretch, but no one cares if you win 2-1 or 4 nil. Just get three points. They got three points against West Brom, against Palace. They got a point against Southampton and just keep keep racking them up. Grind it, get top four, that's the target. They're not gonna win the league. Doesn't matter if you come second or fourth. Get top four, job done. I can't see them throwing it away. And I don't think there's enough about the teams chasing to put that pressure on. I think Leicester could still afford maybe another loss in the last three games and still still get it. I think they'll all, not by default, because it, that's unfair on them, because obviously they've earned their spot. But I think the, you know, we're in the position now where the other teams like Berkshire are going to win every game. There's absolutely none of them I trust to win every game. And so 
just by the fact that I think they won't win every game. I think Leicester will get in. You know, like I, you know, I personally I don't trust Liverpool to go and beat West Brom and Burnley away. I certainly don't trust them to go to Old Trafford and win. So, if Leicester were playing Liverpool, I'd probably look at it differently because you got a cup final and a six point and all that. But um, without that opportunity, no, I, I don't see it. Fair, but my next point was was obviously going to be Liverpool. Um, and you obviously kind of answered answer that, but. What's, what's the feeling? Obviously, you guys beat Southampton 2-0. I didn't watch the game, but God in the sins, it wasn't the best game. But as you were just saying, they grinded it out to 2-0 for the, for the three points. You just don't see him being consistent. Yeah, I don't that. agree with him saying that's like the worst game of football he's ever seen in his life. <laughs> I mean, Maybe it's emotion. Uh, but yeah, it was it was the Liverpool we've seen all season where his, it does lack intensity. It's something not clicking, something's not right, but I mean, there's that's up that performance has been there so many times where we've been battered, yeah. And Liverpool were always fairly comfortable, like you never thought, oh, Southampton are going to score any minute now. They had a few good chances, I'm not uh, great now, but Liverpool had a few good chances, and it weren't a great game, but it weren't the worst. Liverpool got three points, which helps, and I think it's one of those I've said it before when we spoke about Liverpool, just do all you can. Try and get some good things going, and then we we'll go next season wherever we finish. Now, yeah. I mean, it was absolutely the flair of the dramatic in me. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> but at the time, honestly, it's just such a slog to watch. And then, and the way you the way you can describe find it is, if they'd have done that last season, I would have been sitting here going, "Oh, it's a great, it's a good performance, professional performance." You know, you suck. You know, any danger they sucked it up, and then they went and they scored. Right, it's very similar to the Champions League final. Yes, yeah, exactly, and 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 that's where that's where it fought, you know. And Against Spurs, but remember. The thing is that when you're struggling, you know, when things aren't quite going your way, those, you know, those underhit passes and those silly, you know, silly the the you know, the odd touches or a player just picking the wrong option, it's just highlighted even more, and then the frustration grows. And but I mean, you know, they they won, and to be honest, at this stage of the season. That's all that matters. Liverpool right now actually remind me of Liverpool back in so Klopp's first season where he got the Champions League. It was around now and they were absolutely appalling to watch, but they just wouldn't, they were just grinding the wins out and they took it to the last day and it was in their hands, which is the difference between now and then. Um, but yeah, they just looked like a team basically trying to get to the end of the year. And and to be honest, I think they're all amazed that they're still in it. To be and to be honest, it is it, it's pretty mad. It's pretty mad that there's even a discussion of. I mean, yeah. I know I think Spurs are probably out to be now after Leeds, but you know before the weekend there was you know you could argue Spurs in it. You know Everton they they might still be fancying maybe trying to get. I don't think fourth is in their reach, but you know if Everton finish fifth, that feels a bit mad to me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's a it's a, like I say, it's a strange old season. Like that point Burke just said, no, the Leicester are only four points behind. Man, they did. Yeah. Is, that, if, is that if they win tonight? That's or, including today's result, yeah. yeah. So, like, that's mad because, you know, it feels like Man United have been on an island. He's like, yeah. way ahead of everyone. Yeah. So, it's just a very strange... It just shows your point about Man City as well because, obviously, Man U are, are second and, you know, if they'd won a few of these games, they wouldn't be too far away. So, I think next season will be interesting. I don't think there's a few teams that aren't too far away and just on that so Liverpool 
obviously you guys are like Spurs, just just waiting for the season to end and go again next season. We're like Spurs. Not that bad. You know what I would I think would worry me more if I was Spurs is like right when we think of Liverpool, it's I look at Spurs now, it's not it's not like they've got a lot of injury now. Like with Liverpool like they are going to be significantly better without even buying anybody because they're just going to get the players back. Yeah. Like, and you know, Liverpool are significantly better as well. You know, we're not talking to just getting, you know, one or two maybe squad players back, like a Naby Keita or you know, Oxley Chamberlain. Both centre backs, the reserve centre back, the captain are all going to just walk back into the team. So, and then you know, you think then by them coming back, it solidifies other areas. You look at someone like Thiago, you think, well, Liverpool will be better because he'll be more at ease. So but then you look, I look at Spurs and I think, well, really, there's, you know, there's not much to no. kind of. I wasn't comparing the two, by the way. Oh, no, no, I, I know. I'm, no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm just in general now. Like, yeah. that's what's kind of scary, really, for in, just not for Spurs, you know, for Spurs in general, for, you know, just them, but also for other teams. Because, you know, I, I'd be looking at Liverpool and I, I see people like completely writing them off for next year. I think, oh, I won't be so quick yeah. to write them off. You know what I mean? It's, they could. You haven't got Champions League. And even without buying anybody, they've shown that they could go again. And and the thing with Liverpool now is it's in their locker to be able to put like 10 wins on the bounce. Yeah. Is a title challenge the minimum though for next season? Because obviously this season you can call it a blip because of I'd be disappointed with anything other than a title challenge. To be honest, I think Liverpool are in a place now where I think you're disappointed. As long as Jurgen Klopp is there, because he's done all the groundwork, I think that's the minimum now for Liverpool basically until you leave. Because there's no real reason why it shouldn't. You know, unless... Because, you know, even if they were to lose players, well, the expectation would be, right, OK, well, if you lose Salah, then you go and buy somebody. Yeah. And if you were to lose, like, Van Dijk, then yeah, we're fine. You go and buy somebody because that's the stature of your club now. You are no longer just trying to get and scrape top four like we were for years, and and I think that is the that's almost a difficulty you ca- that comes with success, isn't it? Is that the expectations completely change? That is also sorry, but the worry about Spurs, <laughs> if like Liverpool, if they lost Salah, I would trust Liverpool to be able to find a replacement. Obviously, not someone who's guaranteed thirty goal season. But a top top player, Spurs lose Harry Kane, Son. I think Spurs would find it hard, really hard. Spurs will go back that. to what we were pre-Podge and start the Podge. They'll just be top eight. And the worst Not thing is, that now, to be fair. I, well, I know that this whole idea of the top six for me has gone. Spurs are not top six. Arsenal are certainly not top six. There are there is no top six in order because there are a lot of good teams in the league. And that is the worrying thing. You know, there's so much money in the league now that Spurs are on the cusp of kind of just fading away, really. You know, they've got, you know, we're talking about this stadium. Yeah, brilliant, fine, whatever. But like you say, if Kane goes, it'll all fall to shit. Because he, he hasn't played, he hasn't played well recently. He hasn't usually carries a team, but I think he's injured. He's, he's had, you know, a few injuries this season. He's tired. You, know, you can't expect him to do it all the time. And uh, yeah. The, the Leeds, I didn't want to talk about the Leeds game, but yeah, it was very, um, very frustrating. Again, I kind of don't, I kind of blame Mason, but I kind of don't because, yeah, what's the point of blaming him? Like, he's not going to be there next season and he's in a tough position. So, 
it's just a waste of time blaming him. But uh, yeah, some of those players are just. But the thing is, how how do you get rid of some of these players? Because who the hell wants them? You know, there's talk of you know Joe trying to get a couple of the boys. You know, if he wants Eric Dyer, by all means. Yeah, why on earth would he want him? I if he goes to him, then obviously his head's gone. Yeah, you know, best you know let leave. He's got something uh, on him. I, honestly, I, I I don't see it in a post-COVID world how we you always going to get money for Winks for Dare Leave or you know, or Dorothy, Doherty, all all these guys. Are like, who the hell is going to buy them for decent money to even you know, then get somebody else? Because, with, but with like the position, so like Liverpool are in now, Spurs are in. Um, so teams who obviously expect more and want more. But the likelihood is they're not going to. So, like for Liverpool, in a way, you'd ra- like the only bright spark would be if they were to like not win at Old Trafford, and you can say like, well, you know what, Tafu is gone. For me, then it's like right. Well, let's see some of the other players. Like, yeah. and that's Curtis what I look at Spurs now. Two, three exactly. Games. I look at Spurs now, and I think they can now. If you want to, look, if you want to, like a bright spot from a defeat, is that right? Okay, well, we can finally put that to bed. You could tell Harry Kane, well, look, you know, if you're not 100%, look, let's just go with, let's see what we've got. Let's shuffle the pack. Yeah. And, but that, that's why I've never understood with, I don't see managers often do it. And I know it's normally because there's always something to play for. But mm. it's like, well, Ryan Mason, for me, Spurs are in the perfect position. There's no comeback on the manager because, like you said, it's, you know, he's not going to be there. Have a look at what you've got. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, and I'm thinking of the squad in my head, and there's no one really you can. There's a lot of boys on loans, you know. Ryan Session hasn't had much of a chance. There's Oliver Skip, who's played well for Norwich, played every game for them. So hopefully next season. I, I think for Spurs, they, they need a manager to come in and just get the best out of the players, someone who can coach players and make them better. Because there are talented players there. And if you can get an astute manager who can know his tactics, you know, not especially in the midfield, because the midfield. There's a lot of options. Um, so, yeah, we, we need somebody to come in and just improve the other players. So, not so, not Kane. They don't have themselves. But everybody else just needs to be coached in a way that just gets better with them because, yeah, it's gone on the last 18 months and the end of Pod Gira, where players were just playing on repetition, really, and just not not looking to improve. And they need to. Like, Dele Ali. It's a example. huge appointment to whoever they pick. It's massive. I, I don't. Uh, is the yeah. difference between you being? I know you said it's not really that the top six, top four, yeah. and being old Spurs, yeah. which was my favourite kind of Spurs to be fair. So I wouldn't be <laughs> against going back. Yeah, there were some exciting players, but yeah, Think yeah, exa- no, exciting players, but you were never worried. Yeah, exactly. Well, we are getting close to that. I don't know who you bring in because obviously Martinez is being mentioned. But... Do you know, I, and do you know the worry as well. There's no normally when there's a job like a big job, yeah. that man is just kind of flirting with the media, like trying to drum up themselves and interest in themselves. It's like dead, just quiet and silent. The silence is literally deafening because yeah. nobody wants to be linked with it because basically nobody's that interested at the moment. And I think obviously the the COVID thing it must come into play as well because you know it's it's, it's a big time to be. I know you could argue we're coming to the end, you know, but it's still there and lingering. It's a big time for a manager to say, right, I'm going to uproot my whole family and I'm going to go there and I'm going to learn a new language. Or it's, you know, it's a tough ask. But That's you know. why I don't understand the sacking. I know we've, we have discussed this before, but it's very unlevy like Yeah. to just sack yeah. with no plan. 
I, I, I think you could be having Potch back. Lille on the Casper winning league league in. I'd, uh, I'd be shocked to say second, but I'd take it back in heartbeat. That, that, <laughs> that is a different conversation. That, that. After their meltdown in Champions League semis, I don't know. Yeah, oh. and that is that Why is partly Potch because that's happened before, obviously. That it? was beautiful to watch. Yeah, yeah well, it was crazy. To be when a team loses their head so much, ah. But you know, yeah. going back to the top four yeah. um, thing is that so like we've all basically just said, oh Chelsea are in. So I guess we've all the Chris Chelsea playing so well. But then just to to be Dick Advocate as a uh, as one <laughs> of the players today, um, you know, you look at Chelsea's fixtures, they've got to play Leicester, I think they've got um who else they got one of the other big teams, I think. Have they? And no, then no. But, but what they've also got more than anything. I suppose they got. Yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, so they were. That, that was the team. Yeah. No, yeah. you look at it. You and think Villa. on the on the face of it, you'd expect Chelsea to be more than fine. But when you add in the fact that they've got a Champions League final and an FA Cup final, Villa away with fans back is yeah. a tough game. Jack Grealish potentially playing his one game before the Euros to get in the squad. Yeah. That's the last game of the season. Yeah. You could look Villa. at Spurs. Well. Spurs and Chelsea is always a tough game because you know it's the type of game Spurs players will always rise to. That's quite a tough game, and I would say the Arsenal when yeah. you're going to win. But on top of that, you've always got players as well. There's always one eye in there on the Champions League final, FA Cup final. So yeah. you know, I wouldn't. I personally think they're more, you know they're more than comfortable, but I wouldn't completely rule them out from potentially dropping points. And you think all of a sudden it comes to our Villa game, you think, oh God, they need to get something here. Yeah, and I think Villa can cause problems, but I think it comes back to yeah. will West Ham, will Liverpool do their jobs? And no, they won't. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it'll be a moot point because I agree. I, yeah. think, I think, to be honest, I go as far as saying I think one win for any of the teams, the rest are about to get that win. I think they're still two and up, are they, Rob? Yeah, yeah indeed. So they're about to get that one win, which I would lock in. I think Chelsea, I think they'll beat Arsenal. I don't even think Chelsea need a win, I think they just need a point because. You know, I, I just, I personally don't see it. And and again, I, I would argue, I think that if that was to be the top four, the two Manchester uh, clubs, Chelsea, Leicester, I would say, yeah, that's probably fair enough. That's, I, you know, that's the best four teams this year. You know, table literally doesn't lie, as you said earlier, but. Very true, very true. Um, just quickly before we do a draft, because I didn't ask you on WhatsApp, because I was in the mood, I couldn't be bothered. Hoiberg? What was the gist? Oh, he's crap. Is that it? Okay. okay. No, <laughs> I just think he, I, I, I'll speak for Simsy as well because we have similar points. I'm sure we'll expand on it. He's just so limited. I feel like it's a waste of a player because you, you have him. You need to have someone alongside him who can do the other nice stuff. And the way Spurs play, you're wasting two players on that. You've got such a slow back two as well. It feels like too many eggs in one basket just to fit Hoiberg in. I mean, he's okay. Yeah. He, I don't. I think he's okay at what he does. I think he's a good anchor man in your midfield. But I think there's so much better out there. And the amount of fuss he gets, just because I think it comes back to this, he looks like he cares because he puts a tackle in, he brings players down, or he, he looks like he's passionate. He was the same at um, Southampton. And I've ne- I was never fussing there. I just thought, oh, he's all right. And I feel the same now. Yeah, I can, you know, as somebody who doesn't sports, but I can see it. What I would say is, 
uh, there's not really an excuse, but he has literally played 50 plus games. I think he's been rested twice. I think, yeah, I thought this game won though. Yeah, no, I know, but the Leeds game he was bad. You know, along with most of them, he, yeah, he didn't play well. But I think his legs are just for the lack of pace that he has. There was literally nothing left for him to go. So I can understand that. For me, he has been one of the better players for Spurs this season. He has been consistent in, in what he's been doing. Um, and yeah, I agree. But you could say that about most players. You, you've got to fit the system around him to get the best sort of him. He needs somebody else, a bit of a box-to-box. And the Celso is, is not that at the moment. He can't do the defensive work. So you get someone in like a Henderson or you know, someone like that. We do a bit of both. I think you see a much better high pick. But yeah, along, him along with most of the players are just can't be asked to see just finish the season. I, I think um, I agree with Burke in terms of I think the work he is limited. So he, you know what he's good at, he's good at. But in, at, for me these days, you need far more to play in the Premier League in the midfield yeah. to be a top midfielder. And, you know, if I'm being funny, if you're playing for you know one of the bottom ten, yeah, fine, be limited and being good at what you do is is great. But when you're going for a Champions League, he reminds me of a kind of player you would see in the mid-2000s, like Champions League, in an Italian team, where it's like, he's there to do a job, he does that job really well, but then next to him you'd have, like, Rui Costa or Kaka, like, just yeah. to let you do everything else for him. Yeah. And so that, that like, for example, he looks exactly, for me, he reminds me so much of um, Gattuso. Mm. Because, like, if you ask me, you know, what's Gattuso good at when he was playing... I, I don't think I ever think of Pat <laughs> or I wouldn't even say tackling. I don't think he's that good at that. I think he's just, he's there. He's mad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He was just, yeah, he's a bit mad and he was just like. He gets under the skin. Of, he's like, a bulldog. He's tenacious. He? He's not, yeah, he's just a bulldog. He was almost like the mental aspect is what he excelled in. And yeah. so on the pitch, that was his job. And it's with Heiberg, that's why I look at him. I just think like, you know, is he, you know does, he keep, does he give tempo to the play? Is he, is he spread in it? Is he, is he, Linking up between the defence and the midfield, or is he the link between the, you know, is he that between the um, through the channel and then onto the through the through the lines faster? None of the above. For me, it's just a simple like get it, probably just pass it backwards or sideways, keeping the ball, which is a you know there's a place for that definitely. But if you're trying to be a top club, and you know we say the Spurs are just you know if you're going to be a top four, really Spurs want to be which Premier League winners. Like every sign in Spurs should make should be with the eye of can this person get us closer to being to winning the Premier League? He's yeah. a type of player you don't need if you're if you're expecting your team to have 60 percent possession higher, you don't need a player like that. You only need a player like that if you're expecting about forty percent of the ball and you need to win it back and it's constantly on your defence. To be fair, what, what, what has happened this season? But so you know what? What damn thing is it. in on that spec. <laughs> They chose the wrong guy from something. Go and get Oriol Romeo. Yeah. Although he's a better passer of the ball. He's probably better defensively, in my opinion, because that's why I actually look at him. I think, well, you are a defensive mid. I look at Heiberg, I think you're a midfield, centre midfielder who has developed into a defensive mid. But like, if, if you're going for the guy who... Because he's crap going forward. Yeah, basically. But if you're going for the guy because, you know, oh, we want... We're going to have less of the ball, so you've got to break it up. Go and get from you. It's a better threat to set pieces, both ends. Yeah. You know, I, I, I can't disagree because, you know, 
I, I, I'm not nice. Because <laughs> you saw the one down by Spurs. <laughs> well, but, you know, I know he's got limitations. You know, he is what he is. But, you know, yeah, you, that's so far so as you're fighting for Hoiberg. That's your biggest <laughs> fight. <laughs> yeah, you know, he has been one of the best players of Spurs this season. So we'll see next season. Depends the way we take care, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I don't, don't are officially Premier League champions. Yep. Let's that's all the game out. Feiberg is Eric Diem the field, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. There we are. Congrats to both teams, because Leicester probably should get top four now. They win Because they probably beat Spurs. They should beat Spurs. Um right. Man City deserved their fair play time. Yeah. For spending a billion pounds in three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> right, Rob, let's do a draft. Explain, you brought it up. Yeah, when asked uh, for draft ideas, I don't know why this is the first thing that came into my head. And I linked it to Ollie McBurney after uh, thinking of it. But um, so I'm going to have a bit of fun with this one, but it's players most likely to. To spend to spend time in prison, uh, so they can be current players if you want, or uh, former Premier League players, on minor current. Same. So decide to decide the order. I've Before we do that, Rob, sorry, can I interrupt and ask yeah? your opinion on the Only McBurney video? I haven't seen it. I've just seen all. I watched the it just before coming on because I thought it may come up. Like this is, might be controversial. I feel for Only McBurney. Yeah, I've I've seen he is I've seen that, getting that, that argument. Tell it does. Getting, yeah. Like I agree with the point that you're in the limelight, you should know better, and he doesn't react the great this way. But I mean, the bloke recording it, what an absolute scumbag! Like he's just walking down the street. That's all Ollie McBurney's doing, and he's shouting yeah. your shit, your waste of money, your fucking shit, your fucking shit, shouting, and like walking away with a camera. What's and... wrong with stating facts, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I mean. Yeah, he's not wrong. Uh, yeah, he is fucking shit. But I mean, if I'm yeah. walking out to work and I'm getting people shouting at me, True. I'm I'm not happy. Well, I get but it. Then, it's not good, but, <laughs> but then the difference, <laughs> the, the difference, difference with that is I'm actually good at my job, and yeah, Ollie McBurney isn't. So I get that point. But I think watch the video, and yeah, McBurney overreacts, and he deserves obviously punishment for instigating the actual physical violence of it. I can't see any but, him serving any prison time for it. But he is, I, there is some sympathy for the position yeah. he's in, definitely. And uh, I think the bloke with the phone also deserves some sort of punishment. Because you can't, there's still people, you can't treat someone like that just on the street and show the abuse oh, that he gets. It's, why, I tell you where I draw the line, the bloke uh, recording drops his phone and McBurney stamps on it. If it stopped there, I'd be like, yeah, that's class. But then the camera's still working and all you see is him piling in. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's where I draw the line with where McBurney like, crossed it. But up until that point, there's definitely got to be some repercussions for the fan who's, well, I, I, I use the term loosely, who show. Um, yeah, he really is. He's currently out injured for a foot injury. So <laughs> To be fair, he only uses knee. Well, oh, just, well, knee and hand. Yeah. Yeah. His foot must be okay then. <laughs> right there. If his knees are working. Uh, so to determine the order of this draft, I'm going to give you four... The Memorial Draft. The Memorial Draft, yes. Uh, I'm going to give you four different players who have played in the Premier League. 
Uh, I'll go through each year. I want you to rank them in how much time they saved in prison, most amount of days to least amount of days. So your four players are, you have Duncan Ferguson, you have Tony Adams, you have Ian Wright, you have Joey Barton. So I'll give you, I'll give you about 20 seconds just to think, think of your order. I'm and in those 20 seconds, I will fill it up with useless facts. Uh, Sadio Mane, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Alisson actually got me decent points this week for the first time this season. I've only waited until game week 34, but I'm, I'm happy it is, you know, it's actually happened. And the 20 seconds is over. Right then, I'm going to come to our teacher who I never, I never expect to see this guy serve any time in prison or be involved in any drama, but he is a school teacher who knows what happens. Here since. In, in, so descending on some most days to least amount of days, who's top with you? Ferguson. Okay. Uh, followed by Adams, followed by Barton, followed by Wright. Right here. Mr. Battle, our host. Um, I'll go Tony top. Okay. Then, then Big Dunk. Then Joey Barton. Then Ian Wright. Right here. And Burke? I'm going to go Big Dunk. Joey Barton, Ian Wright, Tony Adams. Well, none of you are right. Can we? Sorry, can we try and can we try and work? Because I remember Big Dunk got done, but didn't he head but somewhere on the street? Yes. Well, that's what, so his was assault. He was just training, you know, to be fair. Yeah. He loved was, Ed, was, His was assault. Um, <laughs> you no. couldn't see anything without Ed. <laughs> Joey Barton was also his was uh, assault. Yeah. I don't know what Adams and Wright was, though. Drink driving so, was Tony Adams. Drink driving was Adams. I can't remember right. Was it when he was younger? When he was younger, he uh, refused to pay his insurance, his car insurance. Oh, and uh, Scumbag. Send him down. Yeah. Send How's him down. On TV? Right, so there's another view of uh, managed to give, give me the right order, and it's, it's hard to work out because I wasn't really taking track. Joey Barton was top of the list, but the oh. closest to... And then second closest two will decide the order. How many days in prison did he spend? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Am I right to say the whole build-up was actually a waste of time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you you just couldn't get it. No, because you, you realised as you were doing great, I actually can't do an order. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't remember. You can't uh, remember what we said. Uh, um, so so Barton, Joey Barton has spent the most times. How many days in prison did he spend? Yeah, so Joey Barton is the most, then Tony Adams, then Duncan Ferguson, then Ian Wright. Too fair, I think Sims was the closest. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I'll go with Joey Barton, 74 days. Right here, but? I'll do a big tactic and go 75. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait. Wait for the experts, I'm six. <laughs> <laughs> right then, in last place. Not so, Burke, you'll be going third. With Fantastic. 76 days. I, I was going to go 74. In second place, <laughs> oh, 75 days is Butts. And yeah. Mr. Hugh Sims has got it right on the money with 74 oh, days. No way. 
unbelievable oh, call. It's right, yeah. he was teaching the kids in school today, to be fair. Yeah. Joey Barton, <laughs> 74 <laughs> days. Joey Barton, they were coming handy. Tony Adams, 57 days. Duncan Ferguson, 44 days. And Ian Wright, just two weeks, 14 days. For a few Did you have a thought? Did 74 just pop into your mind? Yeah. Wild call. Wild call. Like somewhere around that ballpark. Or it was 74 it? days out of a pot of, out of a six month sentence that he, that he actually served. I must have read that somewhere, surely. I mean, yeah. I'm, just, yeah, right. I'm, I'm shocked. It's only two weeks for you, right? And sure, your car, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there, that's the Sims. So, um, the first person that came to mind with this, it might actually shock you, I think. I think it will catch you all off, like, off guard. When I um, read about it, I thought, I mean, we spoke about what kind of um, what kind of crime could have come into, and I know um, Butts has been nervous about maybe getting sued. <laughs> um, yeah. But my crime is potentially one of the sneakiest of all, because it's the kind of move that real scumbags do. Because anyone can hit somebody, but the real scumbags are the ones who are taking money off people, the ones running a pyramid scheme, defrauding old people out of their money. And there's one guy that came to mind, and his name is Patrick Bamford. Oh, <laughs> I want to I see Patrick Bamford. Yes. <laughs> Selling stocks and shares that don't even exist to old biddies on the doorstep. Bielsa signed up. Lords. And then all of a sudden, they go to cash it in. They look at their life savings; it's all gone. And young Patrick is on a he's on a boat somewhere in the south of France, living his life. He doesn't need a Ponzi scheme. He's rich enough as it is. Uh, he was I, posh. I, I Patrick serving time for fraud. So. And the thing is, there's an argument about him speaking well in interviews. That's why he speaks well. He's got all. He's got all the part that he knows how to con people. He's got a whole script behind of the like he, the cold calling. Yeah, he is John Belford. Yeah, Well, right then, on to you, but I'm shocked. Obviously, that's so me. I didn't think of going down that line. I didn't think of the fraud line. Well, that's not a crime. I've gone violent crimes. And so. Sims has gone for the biggest fraud in front of me. He goes this season. They said he couldn't do it. He did. That's, oh, that's the sign of a great fraud still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> in 20 years, if it comes out, then fair play. <laughs> great call. Um, mine is probably more of what people would think. And this is the first guy that came to my mind. The guy plays like he's playing on a football pitch in a prison anyway. So... It's not too far of a stretch. And my guy is Granit Xhaka. The guy just oh. looks like he's destined to go to prison. Nice. I mean, the way he plays in the pitch is just... He's one tackle away from breaking someone's leg and ending someone's career. Roy Keane-esque. That's to get a call in. Um, so, yeah, I can just see him. He is from Switzerland, though, so Swiss people are quite nice. So he is a bit of... Yeah. And good at skirting on law. Yeah. To all you Swiss out there. Maybe him and Patrick Bamford are in cahoots. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, so I could yeah. see Patrick running his cash through Granite. Granite, Granite like yeah. The guy in Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. No extraction from Switzerland, so he'd be fine there. So maybe. We'll see. But yeah, Granite Jacker, my first pick. Um, Your pick so far? Yeah. For my pick. next one. Um, Where are we going now? <laughs> right. 
So this guy, I'm going to say his name, and I think you'd all probably have a different idea of what he's done wrong. <laughs> and it's Phil Foden. Oh, I love it. I love it. Counselor State kid. Yeah. Done well. No, he hasn't because he's off to prison. And actually, <laughs> I feel for him in this imagination, he's actually done nothing wrong. Because I think we're going into the Euros with him being one of the most informed English players. I think England fans are pinning their hopes on him. And the English media love nothing more than to rip that from under the English fans' nose. I think they'll set up some kind of scheme or undercover sting where he does something wrong and he goes to prison for it and it ruins England's chances and they go out in the group stages. So I'm just going to go Phil Foden, get stitched up by the oh. English media and get sent to prison just to ruin their chances from the Euros because that's what English media love to do. And they wouldn't touch Harry Kane because he's golden boy. And I think the next hope comes down to Phil Foden, maybe Jack Grealish, but he may not make it. Otherwise, Grealish was getting the shout. So I'm gonna go Phil Foden, and he looks a bit rough. So I can I can see I can see a lot of floating voters going, yeah, he done yeah. something wrong. Yeah. So I yeah, I'm it. gonna go Phil Foden. That's my first pick. Um, you'll notice that I kind of stayed away from anything we can get sued for defamation of character. Uh, with that <laughs> Phil Foden one. Same lines with my next one, and I've gone for referee David Coote for being a fucking fake, cheat, corrupt piece of shit. Most of his decisions this season have been questionable at best. I think there's a reason behind it. Sorry, Sam, do you want to come in? I'll let you come in now before I carry on. Sorry, not only because I could see the David, as soon as David Coote comes out, I think this isn't going to be a long. (laughs) With the Phil Foden one, I had Phil Foden as well. I, I think it's a really good show. My theory is Phil Ford then is actually part of the OCG and he's Ryan Pilkington, PC Ryan <laughs> brother. So, in my opinion, he actually goes down for being part of the OCG. He's one of the gang. He's part of a gang. Yeah. So that's yeah, what I'm I, I bomb with. That's just me. I'm so glad you made a line duty reference because my yeah. David Coote has got a line duty reference. Sims, you'll get this, Rob, you want butts line duty? I haven't seen it, yeah. but I do get the reference. All right, okay. Um, so, David Coote. I think he's spineless. I think he's corrupt. But I don't think he's got the brains to be one of the leaders. I think he's just part of the operation. He's definitely corrupt. But he's not the guy making the orders. He's the guy taking the orders. But he's shit scared of the people above him. So the police nab him and try to get him to turn on who are the ringleaders? Who is H? And he's like, nah, <laughs> I can't say. I can't say. He's there shaking, shaking the interim for his life, thinking Mike Riley's coming to see him that night. But, yeah, exactly. For those who can't see, butts is shaking. Um, but, yeah, he's one of those. And but, um, Sims, I'm going to say one name. Buckles. Yes. He is Buckles. Yes. He gets it all pinned on him. And he's too shit scared to say, it wasn't me. So he takes the hit from the high-up members of the Corrupt Refereeing Association. Um, he's made the face. They make out that he is the main guy. And he deserves to go down, and he deserves all he gets when he's in prison. And I wish, I wish this was happening right now. There's nothing I'd love more to see than Coop behind bars. What a corrupt piece of shit. So, the only thing that shocked <laughs> me is that it wasn't Craig Pawson. I really <laughs> thought it was Craig Pawson. No, to be fair, Craig Pawson is just... Both corrupt. No, Craig Pawson is just incompetent. Oh, okay. Coop is corrupt. Fair enough. I'll accept it, yeah. I know he's not a player, but I make my own rules. So the letter of the law. <laughs> right there. So those are your two picks, Vic. Ford Dunn and David Coote. 
Oh, Which sorry, it's, it's not my two picks. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I thought it <laughs> It's all good. Uh, I, I, I don't. Part, I don't think you. That partial argument was enough. Yeah, we're I don't really think nice, you were picking two. So this is where I now get nervous. This is where I get nervous now. <laughs> right then. So, um, we're all fans of GTA. Okay, <laughs> and there's nothing that uh, we love more than doing a heist, and there's nothing better than a bank heist. Okay. So I was thinking, like, oh, who who in the league would be good for a bank heist? And I'm just, like, being drawn to one name, and but I'm looking for others, but I'm always back at this name. I'm just thinking, if you're a heist, you're a group of people, you're a gang. Uh, you can have the brains behind it. You can have, you know, the guy with the drill, the getaway driver. But I want a guy who I know is going to, oh, if shit hits the fan, is going to protect me. So I've got my enforcer. So I've linked him to the Serbian Mafia before. Uh, I want to denounce that link because that was defamation of character, and I do apologise. But Alexander Mitrovic, I am safe in your arms. <laughs> we will be robbing every bank from London to Camden Dodwells, and what a tie we will have. So with my first pick, Big Mitch, and I forgive you for the shit season you've had. I forgive Your partner you. in crime. I knew you were going to go Mitrovic, but I thought you were going to go with what's the GTA 5, what's the guy's name? Is it, or GTA 4. The, Nico Bellic. That's it, yeah. yeah. That's where I thought you were going. Uh, so, it, yeah, Mitrovic for his time involved in a bank heist. Right there, I was trying to think of just wild ones, but I ended up, this name is like, I was like, you know, he was going to end up on this list anyway, but <laughs> I'm going to set the scene. So it's the PFA Awards, you know, all the players are there, drinks are flowing. And he's drug uh, dealing. He's not drug dealing, <laughs> although, you know, there's been some chants about this player and uh, some Charlie of sorts. Uh, but the, the player is Jamie Vardy. He's there, you know, he's with Rebecca Vardy. And from a table across, you know, there's, there's some shouts being made. I'm not going to say who it is. <laughs> some shouts being made. Jay Vardy, the drinks, the drinks are well flowing. So he is he's, all around. He's half cut now. He bumps into Harry Maguire in the toilet. Harry Maguire, you know, slab beds asking him, you know, how you doing, bloody bloody blah. Jay Vardy. Yeah, good. Oh, sorry to hear about Rebecca. Jay Vardy flips. Here's Rebecca. <laughs> doesn't like it. Next thing you know, there's a brawl. Security's called there. Jamie Vardy is totally off it. He has got superhero strength when he's drunk. Next thing you know, he's got his kegs off and he is windmilling his cock at Harry Maguire at the PFA Awards. You're the year first, because it will happen. But Jamie Vardy, he's only going to spend a week in jail for indecent exposure. But what a week. He comes out like tea bug. <laughs> he does. Uh, so it would, yeah, he would go back to Burke, but now it is back to uh, Bucks. Yeah, I think. Well, <clears throat> my nerves are over. <laughs> Good pick, Rob. Yeah, take that. Um, my second pick is still on the board, so I will take him as he is there. Now, I want you to imagine it's a Friday night, Saturday night, you know, oh, it's like 11 o'clock, midnight late tv you can't be asked by xbox you're just flicking through the channels 
you come on to ITV or maybe on to Dave, something like that. Who pops up? Ross Kemp. You're going, oh, Ross Kemp, top block, top block. Name of the show, World's Most Violent Prisons. He's there, he's going around talking to the guards, talking to the inmates, seeing what it's like to be in there. And then all you see is a group of guys in the corner where the pitch is or the basketball court. And you just see one guy sitting on top of the table, hand across his face, <laughs> just chilling. You know he's the boss, you know he's the king. You just got his demeanor, slight guy, thinking, oh, I'd take him. But he's an absolute nutcase. And that nutcase is Fernandinho. He's oh, in that prison. I love it. There, and he's bit. just got a cheeky smile. He goes over, Ross Kemp does an interview with him, doesn't say much, not brilliant English, just smiling the whole time, having a whale of a time. Like he's a, just at home, just chilling. And Ross Kemp comes away going, Phew, I think I'm mad, but that guy is nothing <laughs> mad. The smile he gave me was like the Joker. I mean, yeah, that guy is running the prison. It's one of those, when, when he shakes your hand, Fernandinho's yeah. not pulling away, is he? He's oh. keeping that shake air. Just letting you know. Just letting you know. Yeah. So, for me, in him, isn't it? I think it's a great... Yeah. great Fernandinho runs the prison. I love it. I would like to... Um, because I picked up on something, which makes me think maybe I shouldn't be saying it. Are we saying the drug dealers? Are we saying the drug dealers? Uh, that's definition of character. So I can't no, be- no, it's fine. It's, it's just all hypothetical. It's a bit of oh, it's, it's just the way Rob was going with it, like some kind of like event. I was expecting Rob's character to be a drug dealing in toilets. That's all. Well, just from his head. Just it's cockered. I'll allow it. If you want to go, I've got a player in mind, and I can actually you could go to jail on two counts, two counts of things. So I'll give you both counts. I reckon you can go on. So first one, I look at him. I think. Low-level drug dealer, just the classic street corner. He's not looking to branch out. He's all about just the appearance of the drug dealer. He's the guy who's booking VIP in the corner on a Saturday and, and Friday night. Only like five people in the club, but he's still booked it anyway. Even though he could have walked right in there, he's he's probably hiding a few um, ladies of the night, so he's eh? <laughs> on Um And then yeah, he's not he's not nothing hard about him. Eventually, probably gets rolled out or rolls over before the next person in. But he's he's just one of them. He's just he loves the appearance. He's flashy. He's got the hair. He's got the attitude. So Jack Grealish for me would be on that camp. But he's also and it's a bit like Al Capone. He never actually got Al Capone for everything. They got him for tax, I think, couldn't they? That's what they actually got tax him for. Tax division, yeah. Yeah. So this is what's going to happen to Jack Grealish. What's going to happen is. They're going to catch Jack Grealish and yeah, they're going to turn him. He's going to be a rat because he's going to basically shit him his pants and he's going to be like, I'll do anything to stay out of jail. He doesn't want to go to jail. So what he does then is he signs an immunity. But what he doesn't do is get this, this letter dra- looked on by his lawyer. So he's signing an immunity, but he's only signing an immunity for the drugs. <laughs> what he hasn't signed immunity for is he's about to spend two weeks in jail because he hasn't paid his car insurance. Because <laughs> 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 one, he shouldn't even be driving. He's banned the yeah. one. Yeah, And we know this is a fact. He's, he's already got previous with the DVLA. Yeah. So that's where he eventually goes down for. Jack Relish spends two weeks in jail. Maybe a bit longer actually, because he's got previous. Yeah. Because he hasn't played. He hasn't paid two runs. If there are any directors out there, please p- pick up this script because this is a film I want <laughs> yeah. to see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ending with just no 
like <laughs> the chill, chill, chill coming out. Chuck Taylor, oh, I need him to play next week. Come on, sort out his insurance. Hack in the system. I mean, I would argue there's probably a link between Jack Grealish being suspended from driving and he hasn't played for about 12 weeks. So, like, has anyone actually bothered picking him up? With his bag by the door, waiting for Ellen Hart to rock up, Ollie Watkins, and he's there every Saturday. I'll thread you need someone like Wayne Rooney in your team there. Just tweet you the night before. Hi, Jack. Do you need picking up in the morning, pal? <laughs> yeah, if, it, if I was Dean Smith, I probably would just ask, Oh, Jack, have you got a list? <laughs> yeah, it's very Sunday league level. If uh, <laughs> you <laughs> wait until the dressing room an hour before kickoff, like, where's Jack? Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely. Right then. Uh, any honorable mentions? Um, I was only going to go, like, do you know the point I made about Phil Foden? Um, about England media ruin there. I, if Foden was picked, I was just going to pick some other talented English player like Grealish or uh, Mason Mount. Yeah. I I was happy to target Edson Cavani and Tax Evasion because I'll play up to the stereotype. <laughs> but Charles but, uh, oh, oh, nice. Yes. Was lieutenant in the prison. <laughs> Shark had gone, those would be my next two and it'd be the link. I wouldn't be saying lieutenant, I'd be saying, well, Bitch, probably more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's 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 so yeah. slight. Oh, Charles I, does look like the younger version. I'll probably. tell you why. If if he's anything like in real life, like he is on the pitch, oh, I I'm, I'm, he's got a few warnings already. I bet. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't. Happy I also enough. had uh, Angola Kante jaywalking. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, he hasn't paid his tax on his mini. Brilliant draft. That was a fun one. It was, it was on the edge. You could have gone, you know, could have gone a different way. Could have been edging all night. But I think I think we've uh, got through okay. Um, right, let's let's finish on the mystery question. And I believe Mr. Sims has a question. Yeah, no, um, my question this week was just about, I was listening, I know, but you listened to it as, as well, about um, TV rights again and um, the whole voting system with Premier League clubs. And and it just make, made me consider, really, how much power some clubs have when it comes to considering their standing within the league and also the fact that when you think about it, a lot of them, for example, a Fulham now, mm. they have an equal vote because they've, you know, obviously they've earned their place in the Premier League this year, but a Fulham and a West Brom, should they be in the decision-making when for the Premier League, for big Premier League discussions, when they're just up and down, up and down, same as Norwich? So I obviously, I wouldn't want clubs to have more power, but my question would be, one, well, two, it's two parts, really. One, should, should all teams, all 20 teams, have an equal vote? Like straight off the bat, and then two, um, should there be like a minimum, almost like not residency, but a minimum term where you say right, a Premier League club must be in the Premier League for three years continuously before they get the vote. So then you wouldn't have, for example, I looked at um, teams coming up, so like a Norwich now coming up this well for you know for August. So then they would have to start again. Now they need to be in there for three years before they had a vote. So straight away now, every year you're down to 17, to 17 teams with a vote. 
only though if all 17 have been in the Premier League for three years. So Leeds, for example, wouldn't have a vote. Yeah, you could have only maybe 13 or 14 yeah, if a few relegations have gone. Yeah. You're probably likely, I would say, to have around... 15, 16. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah max 16 maybe. I think you're closer with your first one. 13 maybe, you know, 12, 13. Um, yeah. And then obviously, you, know, you wouldn't have to be three years, it could be five years, but I just think three years. I think five is a long time. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, the big six wouldn't have any more power if that was the case, because it would still be vote. It's just the less of the vote, people to vote. So that's, that would be my thing. First part would be just should all teams have, should it be 20 votes? Because, you know, you're voting on something that's quite frankly, like Sheffield United, you know, why they're voting on something that's, to be honest, nothing to do with them now. And then two, what do you think of the, the other idea? Mm. For me, in an ideal world, yes, you wouldn't, you would introduce something like this. But then what I would say is the Premier League is a collective and all the teams that are in the league at that time are part of that collective and therefore should have a vote on certain things. Now, if you go down the path of they can vote on things for that season, so like the five sub rule, that will just impact that season. And then you have something different for a TV deal that does benefit the teams that stay in the league. That's a different question. Um, so to answer it, I, I would say, ideally, yes, the 13 teams would have the vote and the other teams would have to do something. But in reality, I don't think that would happen because I think some legality would, would stop that because of the Premier League and how it's run. Um, that that's my feeling but yeah it's, it's a good idea i think it's something that should be explored because it would i i disagree with... i think for me it should be equal it should be all 20 teams have a vote regardless of whether they are the worst team in the league or the best team in the league i think your premier league club i think the nature of a sheffield united who's as an example they have been promoted to the premier league they deserve to have a vote on what happens in premier league and actually if we're being honest a lot of the decisions like the a number subs rule you mentioned, but the votes are tend to be on the majority of stuff big club versus small club. So I don't think that should be no, oh, because you're the worst team and you're voting about big club, small club issue because you're such a small club. Actually, you don't have a vote. And actually, their opinion is probably going to be the same as the team who's getting promoted in their place. Like, so in terms of the vote, I think it doesn't have that impact. I think if you remove, let's say, five teams from the equation, if they're like three-year rule came in, five teams lose their vote. So suddenly, Liverpool's vote has gone from being worth 5% of the total vote to being worth maybe 12, 13. So I don't see that being an equal split, that the big club, big six, their votes together, generally, if there's a big eight or you add Leicester and a couple of Arsenal and whoever's just outside the top six into the mix... Suddenly, it's uh, you've got too much majority, and I think game balance there. So for me, I think all twenty clubs. If you're a Premier League club, you get a say in how the Premier League's run. Any changes, you've earned the right. Um, I think if you remove that vote, while they're still a Premier League club, it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, to continue on like what, what Bear said, yeah, I I think you make it to the Prem, you have you have a right to vote. Like like in an ideal world, you would work in like a a rolling contract annually where 
you know, TV rights would be renewed every year, but companies exactly. wouldn't, want, wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, it would be impossible. Um, I I would love <clears throat> I would love it to work in in the NFL system where you've got Game Pass and you've got all the games on that app. I know it's different networks have got them, but it's just one source just for it all then to capitalize yeah, the, the on point it. Would be but, Sorry, go on. Sorry. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, because you could have a team, say say Norwich, for example, they come up for one season, they vote on something, say there's a TVD renewal coming up, you have Sky and BT battling for it, there's a you know, 55 to 45% vote, and that vote has swayed it to one way, that's not really in the benefit of some of the other teams, yeah. and then Norwich are out the league for the next five years. Well, you know, is that really fair? Is it really fair that now that some of the teams are suffering because Norwich had that one vote, but it's got nothing to do with them now because they're not even in the league anymore. So it's a bit like Huddersfield. So I yeah. like that. I think, because for example, like Huddersfield had that year. So then I suppose the, the one side of the argument would be well, you know, we talk about because um, the the big worry is, and I I know I I know that. But I think I'm pretty, I'm saying no. I'm pretty sure this is Burke's big worry because it would be my big worry. And I think this is where it coming from is. By doing it, are you just basically consolidating and adding to the power that the top teams already have? Yeah, it makes uh, their vote worth more. But I think you could argue, actually, it, it what it does, it, it it makes everyone's vote a bit more. So, like, the likes of Everton, West Ham, all of a sudden, Southampton, their vote actually carries far more sway now because they're not one of 20. They are now one of 12. Mm. And you know, you need them on side, otherwise you're not getting that majority. Yeah. And and so, like, because at the end of the day, it's very hard at the moment for me, because I think they need 14-6, isn't it? That's the... Yeah. That, that is that, 14. That, to whip 14 votes is very difficult. Yeah, but, but that's just, a fair split to me. If you want to make a radical change, it should be a majority vote, and I don't think an 11-9 vote is fair enough to make complete changes. I think 14-6, 13-7, maybe, would be a fair split. I don't think... The solution is, oh, actually, you lads have only been here three years. You, your vote, we're going to remove that from the equation. And suddenly, Man U and Liverpool's vote are an even bigger slice of... I think I think some people would argue, it, you know, it, it doesn't... You know, that at the end of the day, the, the people, like better, the people who are there actually to feel, you know, the deal actually affects, well, it should be in their hands. So, I and I wouldn't, I know, I would... I don't necessarily think it does can completely consolidate power for them. It, I think it gives everybody in that group, and that includes the other six or seven teams. Now, you, there is a definite argument to suggest it does, and I can I can see it, I really can, but, you know, I think personally, you know, if it was me, I would be looking and going, well, why, am, why have I, you know, as um, Everton, and I've been here all the time, why now is, uh, is my future being decided by a club that and um, a set of people within that club who, you know, have only just come up and they're not going to be here and the likelihood is they won't be here either for any of the tenure that they're signing the deal for. And I know the idea that they've signed, you know, they've earned their right to be there. And I said, yeah, you have yeah. it, right. And then you earn your, you learn your vote by staying there. I don't know, because you look at, like, Leicester, who haven't been in Premier League as long as Everton, and when they won the league, they'd only been up two years. Like, they've done more in the Premier League in that two-year spell than Everton have in since Everton have been in it. 
So I can't see using Everton as your example. How of Everton? Why should they feel that they've got some magical say? They've not achieved anything in Premier League because they've been there they've, all the time. Yeah, but so, so what? Yeah, they, they've contributed to the league exactly. over thirty years. They yeah, they might not have won. They've the league. contributed that to the mean league. Contributed yeah, but I would argue they've contributed to the league as much teams who haven't been there for anywhere near as long as they have. Like for me, like yeah, because you know it's not about the. It's not about the trot. It's about because I, I, I use TV deals as because that was the the um, that was the example I heard. But it, it goes for on everything, isn't it? It goes on, um, you know how how t- how the Premier League will react to maybe I don't know Brexit and how they're going to work around transfer windows and things like that. But it's more like, you know, I know your point about well Leicester won the league, so then they've contributed more, but they haven't contributed. Like, winning the league, they won it for one year. Like, yeah. Everton have been there from day one. Every vote, every decision, Everton have been a part of it. And they will continue because they're not going anywhere. Leicester now have got their vote because yeah. they have been there. So, like, I use the three-year thing. That was just off the top of my head. I mean, you could say, right, two years, you could say, well, you must... I, you know, three years to me seemed like the lo- you know the logical... Lo- For me, I'm using, if you're there, you vote. Yeah. Because otherwise, what's going to be in the Premier League team? But then, yeah, but my, my... But then that's my thing because... You know, these votes, it doesn't just happen like, oh, we're going to decide you and then. It's like months of talk to get to the meeting. Then the meeting is done. So if you've just come up, you've probably missed all of the months of talk because you were in the other division. You then turn to the meeting. Well, you'll either, you'll either end up going ahead with basically what everyone else is doing because you're just like, well, you know, they've basically agreed on this. So why bother going against it? They, or you go against it because you're like, well, I don't know enough about it, so I'm not going to vote for it. It's like you, you're not even, in, you know, you're not even um, in the real. You haven't really got all the information because. No, but you're removing the small like, clubs. Say. Yeah, then it'll come to them, and it's like, well, you've got to like start talking to whoever's in the championship playoffs or whoever's in. So it's for me. It's, I, I, I think it's a real debate to be. I think I can see the point of not doing, it and I can, and I would argue that I agree with you that the reasons not to do it. Are very strong, yeah. but I also think there's a real debate to be had about well, you know, why should, you know, why should Norwich, why should West Brom, like until you can yeah. prove that you like you are there and you do it, and like not just there for a season, until you can prove that you are a Premier League club, because and you can stay a Premier League club, why should you have the same amount of vote and the same amount of, the same amount of power on Huge decisions that, and because these decisions aren't just for a season, because I would argue, like what Butt said, if it was just for that season, well, yeah, they they definitely should have a vote because it's you know going to it's to do with them. You know, the decisions I'm on about are the ones that are you know law. You know, they sign contracts that are like yeah, but long. for me, the nature of the Premier League and the best thing about it is just because Everton's been in for the last thirty years, by no means I guarantee they're going to be there for the next thirty. Things can change so instantly, and a team like West Brom could come up in a couple of years and stay there for 15 years. So you can't go, oh, you don't get to stay because chances are you're going back down. You've got to reward them for the work they've done and being a Premier League club now. Think that's how you've got to sell it. Otherwise, that urge to get prom- promoted, that urge to be a Premier League club, if you start taking things away, like, oh, you're going to be a Premier League club, but actually you don't get to stay in anything Premier League related for a few years, it, it makes the whole thing less less about being promoted for owners, fans, if their club is not being treated the same as other Premier League clubs. I I 
I it would actually benefit clubs if you took things away from them for three years because you have a lot of clubs in championship going up and this generally happens they go up for we'll go up for one season if we go down we don't care because we've got all the money for that one season and we'll get parachute payments that means we're getting our money for the next five years so really you're giving them an incentive to become a stable club in the Premier League I, I'll be honest I, 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 I disagree with that I say the small totally clubs certainly just... no would have exactly the same rights because they're are in you saying team. teams get promoted to the Premier League and go oh well you know Crack on! I disagree. I think every team I see yeah, relegated, every, yeah, any. Actually, well, last year they basically admitted it straight away. Other side of the year they didn't spend big. They said, "No, we." I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. No, I, 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 we'll be in a better position next year. Yeah, I, like yeah, I, and we've had this debate before about um, kind of not overspending your budget and kind of having a plan in place. And Burnley, like you said, they did that. They went down, came back up and were stronger yeah. for it. But th- that's fine. But, yeah, I'm I'm not, but I'm not saying when they come up, they're going, oh, great, let's go back down. The plan is not to get relegated. The plan that Norwich's number one dream was to still be in the Premier League, was to stay in the Premier League. You can't say the owners were like, yeah. oh, let's throw this game, let's go down. Their dream was to stay in the Premier League. So I disagree with you. We'll give them the incentive to stay up because I think... The dream is always to stay up. You can't say Daniel Fack or any players were like, oh, okay, we've gone down. Sustainable in the league. Yeah, for the owners. He's got to run away. For the, for, yeah. for the owners. Not for any the club. Obviously, the fans don't want to get wrecked. I know that. That's, no, I'm players don't. Managers don't. Yeah, they yeah obviously. That's, so, yeah, I'm talking about the owners. The yeah, owners but I... Money. Yeah, that's but... That's the best way to get the money. But they're not going to risk their future. I think if you're saying, now, if an owner's plan is to go, go up to the Premier League for the financial windfall... And use it to build a club for long-term sustainability. That will still be the plan, whether whether you bring this three-year rule in or not, or whatever the thing is. Teams will get promoted to get promoted. They don't get promoted with that in mind. I think again, we obviously we touched on the owners last week and stuff. No, football is about the players, the manager, and what happens on the pitch. And any team gets promoted is but played to stay up. I I think that but they. They, that's with the in a nutshell, that's with the that's with the debate. That's what the debate is about. It's this is a debate at the ownership level. You know, as fans, it's got really you know, it's nothing changes. Players, nothing changes because you know when this time, it's nothing to do with the players or you know that you know that's why it's a bit topical really because after the last few weeks, and I think the argument against it. So the argument for me, if I was going against it, I'm not really sure what I think at the moment. I just made thought of the question but yeah even against it is do you trust the, the owners to do the right thing that's the big argument because right now there's pretty strong evidence that you can't trust them for me that would be the more argument like do we trust that by giving um the 12 teams who are there and we're saying 12 that's a you know a rough estimate at, at one stage you'd expect it to be about 12 or 13 teams are we ready to say that the set that twelve set of owners are capable of looking after no the whole system. But no, and no. it's not just the six English clubs who went DSL. I'm adding Everton, West Ham. Well, these owners it. are going to look after themselves and trust so, the fact that they're going to stay Premier League. That for me then is the reason why. So like for me that is the debate. Like the one that is the one that's worth going down is right. Well, that's why it shouldn't happen because. You can't trust the twelve. For me, the, the that's a side. For me, the main debate is 
you're promoted club, you get the same rights as every other Premier League club. That's the nature of the Premier League. Not your year now, but you won't be a full member of the Premier League until two years, until three years. No, your Premier League, fair play, try stay up, try build on it, try do a Leicester. Crack I'm, on. I'm, so, one will, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this one. <laughs> <laughs> send me a DM, pal. Um, I'll have to accept you if you do send me a DM. And uh, if you do send me a DM, one will, I will accept because I've been sitting on your thoughts. <laughs> I really hope they respond, please. Brilliant. Right, let's uh, let's leave it there then, because I feel like we could uh, debate this for a while. Um, been a pleasure as always, guys, and we will speak next week. All the best. There he goes.